Sooner or later, I always get my podcast. It's harmless phosphorescence. Everyone, this is your host Thoreau Smiley, and look what I did to my pretty tuxedo. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and don't mind me. I'm just going to stare quietly at a wall and stab at a can of chili. I'm Brian Lesh, but you can t- call me Dick Tracy Jr. if that's okay with you. <laughs> if, if you're nasty. <laughs> From now on. You don't know if you want to hit me or kiss me. I get a lot of that. Alaric Weber. <laughs> little from column A, little from column B. Uh, and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero ever, superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and source material, and we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron too. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got a ton of bonus episodes up there. We will very shortly be putting up, recording and putting up one on Jack and Jill. We're all very excited <laughs> to Dunkachino. discuss. Dunkachino. That's all we care yeah, about. We'll be talking about Dunkachino today. Yeah, Dunkachino. This, I feel like this is the first Junkachino <laughs> yeah. of, of, of many. <laughs> This I feel like this movie broke something in Al Pacino's brain and he never came back. <laughs> you might be right. Because he was serious as a fucking heart attack for a long time. Yeah, before this he was like, you broke my heart. And after this he's like, Hawooga! I think he's pretty serious in this, you guys. I don't know. He is. Just because he's saying dumb things doesn't mean he's not doing it. In he a came serious to play, way. that's for sure. Yeah. We were talking Nietzsche. About- <laughs> yeah, this is misquote. Yes. No, I, I, we were, I, uh, I don't know. It's too early to get into that. All right, this we haven't even said what movie we're doing this week on <laughs> Harmless Phosphorescence. We're watching Dick Tracy. Out of the headlines. I'm rubbing him out. Hey, Tracy, watch out! You think Tracy to me? I say we kill Tracy now. You challenge me, we all go down! How's she gonna arrest me? I wanna know who killed Lips Manless. Not the bad! Not the bad! Big boy, not the bad! I know, and I'm gonna miss you. But all's fair in love and business. Whose side are you on? Side I'm always on. Okay, boys, let's go. And you are guilty of attempting to bribe an officer of the law. She does some nifty undercover work. I think Tracy drives you crazy, doesn't he? I want Tracy dead! Tracy, let's go! Good luck. You have just said goodbye to Oxygen. Aren't you gonna frisk me? Stupid cop. Tracy! Tracy. 
I thought that was Thoreau for a second. <laughs> the voiceover. Doing the voiceover. Yeah, the only voiceover we got there. Uh, Dick Tracy. It was released June 15th, 1990. It had a running oh. time of 105 minutes. It cost $46 million and it made $162 million. It hit. They made its money back and some extra there. Um, it was a year after Batman, and you can really tell. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. Say, or baby, like, do that. Danny Elfman, do that. Yeah. No, I mean, but I, it, I haven't seen this in years and years. And I always thought it was like, eh, you know, cheesy. Like, in my memory, it was. It was like a bad, cheesy, serious attempt to do another Batman. But watching this, I think I think this is like half a parody almost like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that. There were music cues that reminded me and, you know, but when he jumps through the skylight, obviously he's not wearing a cape, but he has his big yellow trench coat. And the shot is almost identical to Batman's entrance in the museum. Yeah. After the Joker's dance, <laughs> so it was just a little like, wow, that's no. Well, and they got Danny Elfman. A, I mean, they definitely the studio was definitely like, hey guys, let's do that. But but he had a lot of the same kind of like, dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah. You know, like the beats are the thing. same musically in this. Yeah, very. I mean, because again, literally, it's Danny Elfman scoring it a year after scoring. Yeah, we pointed that out before. This before. just had Madonna instead of Prince. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Stephen Sondheim, right? Oh, right. Madonna. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. there have been times where we pointed out that it seemed like Danny Elfman was just making a check. He's like, uh, this might be like, the Here's earliest. What I, yeah, what yeah. I did on Pee Wee is good enough for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Dick Tracy, like I said, it was released June 15th, 1990. And, fellas, I think that means we should play the box office top 10 game. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go to the ranking. This, <laughs> this is the game where I'm going to describe the top 10 movies of the week of June 15th, 1990. And the fellas are going to try to guess what movie I am describing. This was prime movie-going time in my life. So I, I want to point out, we've actually done this exact week before, but it's, oh, been, wow. a, it's been a while, and I'm yep. not going to tell you which episode we did it on. So I think this, this is all going to be a, a, a new... <laughs> this will be new to you. Uh, anyways, it'll be a previously-owned <laughs> box office top 10. <laughs> previously loved. Um, all right. At number 10 for the week of June 15th, 1990, four teenagers emerge from the shadows to protect New York City. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, indeed. Two? No? Nope, the one. The first. Oh, gee. Yeah. Kick uh, the 90s off. Yeah, they are. Um, that is, uh, yeah. yeah. In, Wait, its, yeah. In, in its seventh week, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has made 124 million already, so that was a hit. Heroes in a half shell. They were on a mission. Turtle power. At number nine this week, Joey gets two days to sell 12 cars to keep his job and keep his girlfriends happy. 
it gets worse. He's juggling three buyers when a guy with a machine gun crashes into the car dealership and takes everybody hostage. Um, uh, it's too late for used cars. Um, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, this is definitely one I saw. It was, Wait. it was. Uh, let's see. It's um. Oh, the tagline is a comedy about the near death of a salesman. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, if I tell you the stars, one of y'all is definitely going to get it. Um, Cadillac Man? Cadillac Man. Yeah, you got it, Josh. Robin Williams and Tim Robbins. That's it. Yep. Cadillac Man. Never saw that one. It was... I, I saw it at the time. I haven't... Yeah, seen. I saw it in like 1990. I couldn't tell you how it actually... What it's actually like. 14-year-old me was like, eh... <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by Sounds your synop- right. synopsis. I was like, "What? What?" Especially at the end, guy has a machine gun. <laughs> well, and the guy is Tim Robbins. Yeah. So, um, at number eight this week, the adventures of a young cat and dog as they find themselves accidentally separated and each swept into a hazardous trek. Otis and Milo. My, uh, Milo, Milo and, and Otis. Otis. The Adventures yeah. of Milo. Adventures. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the tagline is Milo is one lucky cat. He's got nine lives and a best friend. And they best are friend, best friends. His best friend's a pug. Yeah. They really love each other. They do. Those guys. Dudley Moore narrates the whole thing and does different voices for different Was animals. It, who, who are the animal Dudley voices? Dudley Moore. No, no. I know Dudley Moore, but who are the animal voices? Or did they have animal voices? No, it was him. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's he just, just did the, like, I'm a pog, I'm a pog. And, I'm a cat, I'm a cat. <laughs> there was a toad at one point. At number seven this week. An old flame discovers her ex-boyfriend from the past is a relocated FBI informant out to stop the bad guys. Oh, married to the mob? No, no, no. This one is a much more like a wacky really? kind of adventure oh. um, uh, It's <laughs> Wow. The poster's crazy um, because it just, it, it, it. It has the title in small font down at the bottom, and on top it just has the name of the stars, but just their first name, like blank and blank. And then down at the bottom is the, the title of the film. Um, if I tell you the name of the star, someone is absolutely going to get it. Uh, the tagline is, he's every woman's dream and one woman's nightmare. And I'll oh. tell you the stars. Up on top, Big, big font taking up a full eighth of the page. Mel and Goldie. Overboard? No, no, that's no, Kurt. no. That's that. That had no FBI agent. Um, oh, that was Kurt Russell, and that was Kurt uh, Russell too. Mel uh, yeah. and Goldie. Mel and Goldie. It's wacky, she said. It's it's a wacky like adventure, like screwball, uh, like comedy. Yes, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It's on, like road school yeah exactly it's trying to do the like a uh, romancing the stone kind of thing but a little more crime oriented oh oh bird on a wire bird on a wire oh. yeah <laughs> 1990 yeah no. <laughs> Brian's laughing at us yeah hey, I, I never would have got that I, I it's yeah no it, it's definitely uh 
one that is lost to time. No one talks about Bird on a Wire anymore. And it was it was a <laughs> big summer release. Um, at number six this week, a man in a legal but hurtful business needs an escort for some social events. Pretty woman? Yeah. I didn't even... Yeah. A legal but hurtful business. <laughs> um, Big mistake. Yeah. Huge. Um, it's in its fifth week, and it's made $140 million already. Pretty Woman was a humongous hit. At, uh, yep. At we, no- and we all believed Julia Roberts was a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at number five this week. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's no oh. way to describe this movie without giving away exactly okay. what it is. Can you give one word at, at what you're reading? One word? One, one word, word that's... from... Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, there's one word that will 100% give it away. Um, oh, shit. I'll give you... I'll give you... Never mind. I was just... Yeah. Wait, wait. I'm going to give you... One word from each sentence. <laughs> Stranded. Fuel. West. Uh, I'll give you that last one. I'll give you a compound word. Old West. Bible. Stranded. Fuel. Old oh, West. Back to the Future 3. Yeah, oh, Back right. to the Future Part 3. Yes. Stranded in 1955, Marty McFly learns about the death of Doc Brown in 1885 and must travel back in time to save him. With no fuel readily available for the DeLorean, the two must figure out how to escape the Old West before Emmett is murdered. <laughs> and they finally figured out how to make a time travel movie that was about time travel. <laughs> Not just your parents. Uh, um, at- and they, they figured out ice cubes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Refrigeration. At number f- opening at number four this week. Some troublemakers are back. And this time they've taken control of a New York City skyscraper. Gremlins 2. Yes, indeed. Oh, the new yes. batch. Oh, yeah. That's why we did this week before. <laughs> it's in the movie. Gremlins 2, the new batch. Uh, at number three this week. Uh, okay. I, uh, a man may or may not have gone on vacation. <laughs> Weekend of Bernie's. Um, and it's the future. Plus, there's there there is more than the average number of boobs on women. Oh, total, total recall. recall. Yes. Total recall. It's like quantum I totally recall that movie. I, it's, oh, I love the fact that the boobs is what gave it away. <laughs> yeah. Three boobs. Well, uh, the vacation thing seen, totally makes sense now. Yeah. Did he? Did he go on vacation? <laughs> it's hard to say. Like, does it even matter by the end of the movie? Because yeah. we saw a third boob. Oh, I'm just going to read this whole thing because nobody remembers the names of these characters. Uh, Jack Cates once again enlists the aid of ex-con Reggie Hammond, this time to take down the Iceman, a ruthless drug lord operating in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, This is a movie 
That is a PG sequel to an R-rated hit. This was supposed to be R-rated, but they decided to cut it down to a PG, and it sucks. Another 48 hours? Another 48 hours. First 48 hours, so good. This one's so bad. Yeah, isn't there a Mr. Joshua? It's Gary B.C. Is that the second one or the first one? Uh, Isn't he Mr. Joshua in Lethal Weapon? Oh, yes, I believe you're right. Sorry, I'm mixing up my buddy cop. Mixing up your (laughs) Buseys. <laughs> I never mix up the abuse. Wasn't there like a Rutger Hauer how get villain in 48 hours or in another 48 hours? He wasn't Rutger Hauer, but there was, was somebody was called like the Iceman. Maybe was Rutger Hauer the Iceman? Possibly. There's no way to tell. I There's no way to tell. <laughs> There's no it's way like we'll Robocop. Yeah. We don't know who played him. <laughs> There's really no way to tell. <laughs> and opening at number one. <clears throat> the comic strip detective finds his life vastly complicated when Breathless Mahoney makes advances towards him while he's trying to <laughs> battle Big Boy Caprice's mob. Is his life complicated? It's I beg Hobbs. to differ. It seems extremely Calvin uncomplicated and Hobbs. For the most part. Yeah. Very uncomplicated. Just repetitive. Marmaduke. Gracer Bullet. Yeah. Uh, that is the box office top 10 for the week of June 15th, that was 1990, which brings us to our character background. Al. I'm here. Tell us about Dick. <laughs> I don't know Dick. <laughs> Dick Tracy was created by writer and artist Chester Gould, based on U.S. federal agent Elliot Ness. Gould drafted an idea for a detective named Plain Clothes Tracy. Gould sent his idea to Joseph uh, Metal? Joseph Metal Patterson at the Chicago Tribune New York News Syndicate. What a lame nickname to get. Plain Clothes. <laughs> Plain Clothes. Scraping the bottom well, of the barrel. What a lame first name to get. Um, Potentially. Uh, So he he sent it to his buddy, Joseph Patterson, at the Chicago Tribune New York News Syndicate. So long. Such a long title. Uh, Who suggested a name change to Dick Tracy. Uh, Dick being another name for detective. (laughs) Dick being another name for penis. (laughs) Now everyone can enjoy it. Was it? Was it that long ago? I wonder. Um, as well, uh, Joseph Patterson, uh, suggested an opening story wherein Tracy joins the police after his girlfriend's father is murdered by robbers. Okay. Wow. Finally, a reasonable reaction to someone. Being- <laughs> 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 My parents were murdered. So I want to dress up like a bat. Yeah. I'm going to join the police force. Uh, uh, Chester, okay, Chester, cool. Chester Gould agreed to the changes, and Chester Dick Tracy made its debut Sunday, October fourth, nineteen thirty-one, in the Detroit Mirror. Chester and Gould was, sounds like a like the name of one of the Dick Tracy characters, or seventies actor. And the strip was distributed by the Chicago Tribune New York News Syndicate. So I'm wondering if Siskel and 
Ebert were capable of doing a uh, review of this with their journalistic uh, the backgrounds. Yeah, since they worked, uh, which which one was one of them worked for the Tribune? I can never remember which one. One huh. of them was the Sun Times. Right. Uh, the the strip was instantly popular, appearing in papers across the United States. A 1937 Fortune magazine poll rated Dick Tracy's third favorite comic strip after Little Orphan Annie and Popeye. Dick Tracy was attacked by some journalists. (laughs) Not the cat. Well, Dick Tracy was attacked. Dick Tracy was attacked. This just in. By some journalists as being too violent. (laughs) The criticism that would dog ghoul throughout his time at the strip. Stop. Um, no, I was doing it like a telegram. I wasn't telling you. Right. <laughs> um, Chester Gould wrote and drew the strip up until 1977. That's a 46 year run. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, Dick Tracy is a tough and intelligent police detective, usually depicted as going up against small-time crime operators. However, the character of Alphonse Big Boy Caprice, based on Al Capone, appeared in the second Sunday strip of Dick Tracy, October 11th, 1931, and the daily strips that would follow. Subsequently, Big Boy would be Dick Tracy's most frequently recurring villain and a sort of great eminence behind all of the criminal activity thwarted by Dick Tracy. He also made a mean burger. <laughs> Big, Big <boys>. Boy. <laughs> On January 13th, 1946, the strip introduced Dick Tracy's two-way wrist radio inspiration for Martin Cooper's invention of the mobile phone and probably today's smartwatches. Yeah. Um, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy to thank. We have Dick Tracy to thank. (laughs) For all of this. Most likely. It's it's unconfirmed. It was like the Jetsons video phone. (laughs) Another thing where we're like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I want the yellow to do that. I want the yellow trench coat, and I'll take the flying car from the Jetsons. Keep yeah. the phone. Yeah. Uh, Dick Tracy. <laughs> Loud clothes, Tracy. Loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dick Tracy thwarted more mob criminality in the 50s. In the 60s, uh, Diet Smith Industries invented a magnetic propulsion spacecraft called the Space Coupe. This launched Dick Tracy's space period when Tracy and friends had frequent adventures to the moon. Oh, whoa. This movie needs a fucking sequel stat. (laughs) Set on the moon. Dick in space. Well, (laughs) space dick. (laughs) In the 70s, Tracy grew out his hair and sported a mustache. What? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Uh, shortly before, shortly before Chester Gould's retirement in 1977, he had Tracy's friends hold him down to shave off his mustache. He's like, 
keep on digging. Uh, the strip continued with several artists and writers after Gould retired and Wait, is still so running to this day. They held him down to shave his mustache? Was that necessary? Yeah. Was he like, no, my, I must keep my mustache. It's the I source didn't of read my that virility. Particular strip. <laughs> but they <laughs> listened was... to detail that he was held down so they could shave it. Usually right. a man yeah. shaves his own mustache or pays another man <laughs> to shave his mustache. If more, than, man shaves his if own more than two men are involved in the shaving of a man's mustache, something has gone <laughs> Could be terribly wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just Googled it and he's, I mean, it's not exactly looking like a hippie. I mean, he's still Dick Tracy. <laughs> He's a dark. I mean, he, That's does, why he grew it out. So he, he go to college campuses in it or something. Like, does he need to be shaved because it's a health hazard? Yeah, I don't know. He he. Kinda, Is there chili in his beard? <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he mostly kind of just looks like a, a, a Sam. Uh, uh, what's his face? Sam. I, I'll, Yosemite Sam. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from. It, Roadhouse? Yeah. Um, Sam, Sam Elliott? Sam, Sam Elliott. He looks like Sam Elliott. It's very distinguished. Oh. That's probably why they held him down. He's like, I'm Richard Tracy now. <laughs> um, also at that time, uh, he had a, uh, a hippie sidekick, Groovy Grove. He was one of the, <laughs> the ones to hold Tracy down. <laughs> like the what? hippies saying, no, you got to shave that. What a traitor. Um, there's anyway. there's got to be some good content of him and hippie. What's his name? Grove? Groovy Grove. Groovy Grove, like kicking joints out of hippies' hands and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that's how they pop the war on drugs. Like person by person. <laughs> Just run up and <laughs> punch the drugs away from them. <laughs> Smack it out of their head. No, I like kick it like Brian said. Just a roundhouse kick a joint out of someone. Karate kicking that like I'm interested to know if there were like sixties um goofy villains that reflected the time. Oh I You know I'm what sure. I'm trying to say? There's yeah. flathead, prude face, all those they, it was known for the weirdo characters. I wonder if there was like <laughs> never mind. <laughs> like like Andy War Machine or something. Yes. Exactly. Um, exactly. I I remember uh, reading to Tracy in the the newspaper when I was a kid. Um, I remember it, it was a tough one because uh, it, it was you know a three panel story that went nowhere. Yeah, but I that's, looked. That's at where I Tracy. learned. That's where I uh, where I learned what payola was. Uh, oh, interesting. Um, he was that, investigating that. Uh, oh, wait, things. yeah, it was yeah. somebody getting their songs on the radio in Dick Tracy? In the 80s, yeah. I'm, um, I'm taking down Alan Freed. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't many people involved. Uh, they they killed a, a radio DJ. Um, was it video? His, Did video think, do that, Al? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they made his pacemaker stop with, with 
some sort of device. And so maybe that's where I learned what a pacemaker was, too. Um, yeah. Like Josh, anyway. I remember seeing Dick Tracy in the comments. I would always look. And yeah. like, okay. Especially Sunday in color. But yeah. Well, yeah, now, read it. yeah. And but like now it's on to Kathy. What's. What? <laughs> I'm uh, uh, as I mentioned, the, the strip continues to this day. Other Dick Tracy characters that show up in the comics, film, television, live action, and animated include Breathless Mahoney, The Blank, Tess Trueheart, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Sam Ketchum, Pat Patton. Those two were uh, partners of, early partners of Dick Tracy. Uh, Junior, a.k.a. The Kid. Mumbles, prune face, flat top, itchy, not scratchy, uh, the mole, and shaky. Uh, most of these names require no further exposition. I'm pretty sure most of these people were in a frat with the Supreme Court Justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we Donkey, Donkey Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. And, of course, my apologies to the fictional characters I may have neglected to mention. No 88 like keys? Like little face. I, I didn't see mention of 88 keys outside of this movie. Doesn't mean he didn't exist. It's a great name, though. 88 keys. It is. Yeah. It's a hip-hop producer who I am 100% sure got it from this movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, Al, for that character Ooh. background. That brings us to the production of the film. Um, so Warren Beatty started trying to make this movie in 1975. No shit. Yes. <laughs> um, at that time, um, he's a big fan, right? He himself. He's yes. like, he's, oh, and that this. was, that was just before Gould retired. So mm. the original writer and artist was still, still producing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I don't know if you're going to get to this, but I read a thing that Warren Beatty said. This is how he learned to read. Oh, yeah. Dick Tracy. Yeah, it was his childhood like thing. He grew up yeah. reading Dick Tracy in the the comic strips, and that's like it was his his thing. Um, so uh, he started pitching it all over town. So, so his first words were, "You dirty copper." Yeah. Um, he he was pitching it, but he didn't own the rights. Um, but uh, it was owned by let's see, it, it the rights, the film rights went were, were passed around town for years. Um, at one point, Tom Mankiewicz was uh, who wrote Superman and some James Bond movies, and uh, had a writing credit, I believe, was it on Popeye? Was that where we talked about him recently? Um. It was on. Where did we talk about him recently? Huh. I don't know. We we spoke about him recently. I don't know what it was on. I thought it was Popeye, but apparently not. But he wrote Superman, Superman Two. Um, Mankiewicz was uh, brought on to write a script. Um, but uh, that deal fell through because Chester Gold Gould who we, Al just told us all about, insisted that he have complete artistic control over the film script. I love that. Um, so, uh, 
It went to Paramount. So was that Mankiewicz? Is he the son of what's his name? Herman Mankiewicz wrote Citizen Kane. Um, no, his dad was Joseph Mankiewicz, who oh. uh, was not who, related who, to the uh, other guy. Who wrote All About Eve <laughs> All right. and the Philadelphia Story. <laughs> he was a producer. I'm sorry, he was a producer. Um, he wrote All About Eve, produced the Philadelphia story, but um, yeah. So, yeah, Tom Mankiewicz. Okay, just curious. Hmm. Isn't there a chili company called Mankiewicz? Any relation? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have to listen to our Mankiewicz podcast to find out about that. <laughs> Is it introspective? Chili? Is that the famous <laughs> Cincinnati chili? Oh, no. No, we don't talk about Cincinnati chili. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We don't Just like we don't talk that. about North Carolina barbecue. <laughs> Mustard? Yeah. Mustard? Tex-Mex. New York Sorry. salsa. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, in the early 1980s, it went to Paramount, um, who tried to get Spielberg to direct a version of it. <laughs> I can just imagine him being like, I don't care for that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with Indiana Jones, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, like, I just wouldn't well, be yeah. by 1990 it made sense just to try to get steven spielberg oh yeah it, absolutely it matter yeah. if he was yeah yeah absolutely um after spielberg passed they got john landis <laughs> on board and it was supposed to star clint eastwood in the title oh. role that would have been interesting <laughs> Yeah, uh, the dryness would not have, I don't think, translated as well. Yeah, no. Well, we're supposed to buy Dirty Harry has turned it down enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then in uh, 1985, Beatty finally got his hands on the rights and started shopping it around himself. Um, I heard that Your So Vain was written about Dick Tracy. <laughs> You're so vain and hanky panky. We're both in. Uh, yeah. Uh, he bought the rights himself. He owns singularly yes. the rights to Dick Tracy. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a okay. minute because that goes some places. Um, yes, but he, he got the rights in 1985 himself prior to just before he got it. Um, it was being shopped around, uh, some names being tossed around to play Dick Tracy were Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Tom Selleck, and Mel Gibson. But, um, yeah, Beatty got the rights in 85 um, and started... Uh, Tom, Tom Selleck would have made a good mustachioed Dick Tracy. Absolutely. Yeah, from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby Grove. Played then by they'd, have to, they'd have to hold him down. Shit, <laughs> mustachioed. <laughs> Hold him down. Um, so uh, in in mid late eighties, he he uh, suggested himself to direct it, um, and brought that to Disney. And Disney said, "All right, let's do it." They greenlit it in nineteen eighty eight under the condition that Beatty keep the production budget within twenty five million. Beatty himself received $7 million and 15% of the gross. 15%. So he got $7 million and 15% of 162, which is what? That's, that's an additional 24 million. 
So he made $30 million off Dick Tracy, all said and done. 90s money. Yeah. In, in, 90 money. In, in, the, in 1990, yeah. Well, and he won an Oscar before this, right, for directing? Did he get a directing Oscar? The Reb? No? Um, I know he has an Oscar. I'm not sure what it was for. I think that movie, the movie that came in he, shortly after this, Bullworth, got some he, recognition. Uh, about Bullworth, too. Yeah, it's a weird one. This is a weird stretch of time for this man. Yeah. Oh, but like, God, Bullworth. That he was didn't crazy. Di- he didn't direct shampoo. He didn't direct heaven can wait. Um. Well. Okay. Yeah. Most famous. Those. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Beatty. I guess let's go ahead and talk about Beatty. Um. This was directed by Jim Beatty. Jim Beatty. Warren Beatty. <laughs> Ned Beatty. I have. Yeah. Ned Beatty. I have a piece of trivia for you. Do you know who Warren Beatty's sister is? Shirley McLean. Yep. Oh. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the room fell silent. That's, yeah, absolutely <laughs> true. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. He. Uh, as far as. I'm trying to see what he actually won Academy Awards for. Um. He, uh, Warren Beatty, of course, he is a, got his start in the sixties as an actor. Um, his, uh, first big, his first, uh, big, uh, credit was in Splendor in the Grass in 1961. Um, he, uh, it, very quickly became a producer. He was a producer on Bonnie and Clyde, Shampoo. He did direct Heaven Can Wait. And he, oh, he did. did. Uh, he did, I believe, win. Let's see. Uh, he, he won. He won. He won the Oscar for Best Director, uh, 1982 Reds. Reds. That's the uh, one. Reds. Okay. I knew it was one of these. Yeah. So Heaven Can Wait. He did get nominated for best director, best picture, best actor. <laughs> best uh, dressed. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh yeah, shampoo Ishtar. Ish- oh man. He made Ishtar right before this with Dustin Hoffman. Uh-huh. I feel like Ishtar gets a bad rap. I don't think it's as bad as its legacy. I agree, and I think Elaine May got a raw deal because she's one of the funniest people that ever lived. Absolutely. Yes, Elaine May is amazing, Um, and uh, all of Nichols and May's stuff is All their albums. Yeah. They basically perfected, if not invented, modern improv. Mm -hmm. So you can hate them for that or love them for that. But yeah, um, yeah, Warren Beatty. I mean, he was a sex symbol. I <laughs> I watched uh, Dick Tracy with Jude, and I told him a little bit about Warren Beatty. Happen. Showed him pictures of shampoo. And <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen, if if no, if you've never seen shampoo or seen Warren Beatty in shampoo, just Google pictures of Warren Beatty in shampoo. It is breathtaking it's, in the seventies. 
Nizzle. I was going to ask it. if you watched it with Jude. I watched it with Ella. Oh, what did Ella think? I was I'm curious about that. She like liked it, liked it. She she loved all the matte painting work mm -hmm. and the color palette and all that. She had no real idea who Dick, Dick Tracy was naturally. Yeah. And so she just looked it, at it as any movie. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. She she thought it was creative and uh, imaginative. Same with Jude. He said it's kind of a masterpiece. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that he seems to say that about anything that's like pre before he was born. That is actually good though. So. Oh man, I wish the, I could discover pop culture again. I know the, the one review. Maybe it was a fan review uh, that I saw. Simply said, "Gorgeous." It is. It is. It's a beautiful looking film. Um, yeah. Let's. I mean, we don't usually, but let's go ahead um, and mention that the uh, it was cinematography by uh, Vittorio Serrano, who also did, uh, let's see, The Last Emperor, um, Last Tango in Paris, um, One from the Heart, yeesh. Uh, uh, Apocalypse Now, he did Reds with uh, Warren Beatty before. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, the art direction was or I'm sorry uh, production designer was Richard Silbert who who was, did you know came up with the whole like like a primary color palette of it um, Richard Silbert um, actually was a production designer on Splendor in the Grass the first movie that uh, Warren Beatty was in huh um, but uh, he has a ton of credits going all the way back. He did The Graduate, Catch-22, Carnal Knowledge, Chinatown, Shampoo. He worked with Warren Beatty a lot. Reds. Um, he went and on Mike to, Nichols, it sounds like. Yeah, Mike Nichols and Warren Beatty. Um, he did Bonfire, The Vanities, Carlito's Way, Mulholland Falls. Oh, not Mulholland Drive. Okay. Oh, Mulholland yeah, Falls. Different. I think that's yeah. Okay. I think that's, yeah, Nulty. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so gorgeous looking film. Um, Warren Beatty hired on Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. to uh, write this. Um, they were a uh, writing team. Top Gun, Secret of My Success, um, oh. Turner and Hooch. <laughs> so many had to. The Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Okay, this is a real, <laughs> this is a real uneven writing yeah <laughs> call me yeah um our cast warren Beatty, of course played dick tracy al pacino as big boy um and like we were talking about before this is kind of the movie that flipped the switch in his head and turned him into dunkachino yeah like like because before this it was all like you broke my heart Fredo like yeah I mean or uh, let's see Serpico Dog Day Afternoon yeah um, like he acted it seems say hello to my little friend I mean yeah Scarface even yeah, exactly. even Scarface he was kind of just acting except for like the big moments but it seems like in this movie and every movie afterwards he is just like hoo yeah, Sense of a Woman was kind of in between, and he deserved all the, you know, um, 
credit he got for that sure. movie. But then, yeah, it 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 just he he went full on. It's like to, I, all the way up to Jack and Jill. Yeah, he's like, I don't have to act anymore. I just have to be Patino. That's it, sir. Um, it was, I mean, great, it was great in the um, <laughs> shit. What was that? House of Gucci? He was really good at that. Mm. And, Once upon a time in Hollywood, it was a small role. Oh yeah, very wow. Pacino-y. Yeah, very. Um, he did this. Let's see. He did this immediately after Glengarry Glenn Ross. It uh, is wet out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and immediately after this, he did Carlito's Way. Fucking Pacino, man. That dude's filmography. Um, all the way up until he started doing things like Jack and Jill. I don't know. I don't know. Pacino, man. Um, but uh, he was doing this right. He was filming this right as Nicholson was in the zeitgeist for being the Joker. I have to think that was an influence on how he approached this role. Yeah. Um, like Probably. I, I got to go bigger. I got to go crazier. I've got to out Jack Jack. <laughs> um, Madonna starred as Breathless Mahoney. Um, so th- this... Okay, let's talk about Madonna and the soundtrack for a few minutes here. Um, the music um, was released on two separate albums, the Dick Tracy soundtrack and Madonna's I'm Breathless. <laughs> See, it's a it's a fun because she plays breathless and also she's <laughs> out of breath. Um, <laughs> Double meaning. Um, with, yeah, so uh, I'm Breathless was a was a number one album. They stuck Vogue on it for some reason. Because it's an awesome song. It's an awesome song, but it has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Um, in addition to Vogue, Hanky Panky was released as a single, which is a crazy-ass song. <laughs> it's crazy that in 1990... A 30s cabaret style song was charting. Um, pretty ahead much ahead of its time. Yeah, pretty much most of uh, <laughs> most of um, the the songs she sang were on that album. Um, Vogue was kind of the only non-movie song that got stuck on there. Sooner or later, also, which was written by Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim, of course, wrote the songs with Madonna. Um, they wrote several of the songs together. Uh, she also wrote some with Patrick Leonard. Um, Patrick Leonard um, worked with Madonna a lot. He was a writer with her. He did a bunch of Like a Prayer, Who's That Girl, True Blue, um, her writing partner. Uh, so... Yeah, Madonna's acting career prior to this, and as as we so uh, okay, so was uh, desperately seeking Susan, which is a movie I would actually kind of love to do on the show one day. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, of of us doing a um, of uh, rock stars mo- uh, movies as a miniseries right at some point. 
there's a few that would be amazing. Of course, Purple Rain. Um, 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 I, I'm not joking, but like, uh, how high? Oh, um, oh yeah, Method totally. Man, Red Man, and directed by Fuck Bob yeah. Dylan's son. How high? Absolutely. Um, give my regards to Broad Street. Would be an amazing one to do. Have any of you seen Give My Regards to Broad Street? Broad Street? No. Mm, yeah. Starring Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. Paul McCartney what? plays Paul McCartney trying to solve a mystery. What? I remember and, that. And they re-recorded a ton of Beatles songs for it. It's the uh, it's the movie where um, No More Lonely Nights comes from. Paul's 80s hit. Yeah, it was it Give My Regards to Broad Broad Street, Street. Or Broadway. Broad Street. Oh. Give my regards to Broad Street. Okay. Um so anyways, Madonna um had some iffy acting credits after Desperately Secret and Susan. Oh god, Shanghai Surprise. That was a terrible movie. Um Who's That Girl was those were that was those were kind of like there was there was a point where like we were like if a rock star is a big enough rock star, let's just see if they can maybe also be a movie star. Let's just try that out and see what happens. She wasn't the first, but she was the first that I can remember, mm-hmm. you know, crossing over. Yeah. It, Obviously, the Christopherson. <laughs> yeah. You know, things yeah. like that. But um, this movie. Elvis, was... I guess Elvis made a movie or two. <laughs> yeah, I guess he did, didn't he? <laughs> um. She, uh, her truth or dare was being filmed while this was being filmed when she was dating Warren Beatty. Um, and truth or dare came out the year after this. This was kind of, uh, the Madonna's sex book. This was that period where Madonna was like kind of peak Madonna. Salacious. Yeah. She, uh, I remember justify my love. That was a humongous thing when she went on Saturday night live and Wayne and Garth did justify my love. Yeah. I love that. Um, like a prayer, that video made conservatives angry. Yeah. That pissed people off a lot. That was a few years before this. Um, yeah, this was, and Vogue came out right after I'm breathless. Um, this was, this was kind of like, Peak Madonna, A League of Their Own came out uh, right after this also. Um, yeah, this was kind of, Madonna never never got bigger. Uh, in addition mm. to Madonna, we have uh, Glenn Headley as Tess Trueheart. Um, she, was, uh, she, uh, she was the lady from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels which is the only other thing I recognize her from. Uh, oh, she did a lot of work in the 80s, she, especially. Yeah, she did. Let's see. One of the most interesting names in Hollywood, though. Yeah. Yeah, Glenn Headley. Oh, hey, she Glenn. Was, she's, she's married to, <laughs> she was married to John Malkovich in the 80s. Huh. huh. Um, yeah, she was also, let's see, in Mr. Holland's Opus. Um yeah, uh, she's a uh, starred in Future Man, which was a Hulu series produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Oh, she she passed away in 2017. Oh, yeah. Well, that she was very she was pretty young. Wow. 
Yeah, she was young. Um, let's see. Uh, Charlie Cosmo as the kid. Uh, what about Bob? I remember him from What About what Bob? What About yeah. Bob and Hook? Hook. Hook. Yeah, he's of the source. Hook. Yeah. Yeah. And this this was yeah, he was he was kind of he was one of those kid actors from that era along with um with Macaulay Culkin, of course, and uh, uh, what's his face from Terminator 2? Um, oh, Eddie Furlong? Furlong. Eddie Furlong. He was like in that kind of wheelhouse of like late 80s, early 90s kid actors. Um, oh, I forgot he was in Can't Hardly Wait. Yep. That, that is a really good fucking teen movie. It is. It's My Fair Lady, but no, it's not. That's uh, She's All That. Yeah, that's She's All That. I bet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, can't hardly wait is pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, Charlie Cosmo. Wow, his uh, his filmography is short. Um, after Dick Tracy, he did Heat Wave. What about Bob? This was this was only his second film. His first oh, one was called well, Men Don't yeah. Leave. Then he did this one, Heat Wave. What about Bob the Doctor? Then he did Hook. Then Can't Hardly Wait. There was seven years in between Hook and Can't Hardly Wait, and then. He did, wasn't in a movie again until 2019 when he did something called Change for Life. Wow. So, uh, yeah. I, he left the biz. Um, let's see. Uh, he could have retired after this movie. He, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, Kathy Bates played the yes. stenographer. Uh-huh. This is. The, yeah. I'm just gonna kind of run through a lot of the cameo cameos and like. Uh, yeah, like, do that. Because we don't need to go into everybody, but we had Kathy Bates as the stenographer, yeah. Dick Van Dyke as the district attorney, Dick Van Dyke, 99 years old as of the recording of this podcast. 99 years old, just took a recurring role on uh, day, uh, is it Days of Our Lives? Yes. Yeah. Just this week, took a recurring role uh-huh. at 99 years old on Days of Our Lives. What is and, this man doing? Oh, and this year he had a, a car crash. Yeah. A chitty chitty bang bang, if you would. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> Frank Campanella was Judge Harper. Dustin Hoffman as Mumbles. Which I love the fact that his entire role was just a setup for the punchline of him speaking very clearly and straightforwardly in regular Dustin Hoffman voice. <laughs> William Forsythe played Flat Top. Um, okay, he steals the show, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, he, of course, uh, was in Raising Arizona, The Rock, uh, Devil's Rejects. Um, yeah, he was a sheriff. Yeah. Uh, Edo Ross as Itchy. Um, he was also, let's see, Universal Soldier, Full Metal Jacket. Um, I recognize the dude, but yeah, he's one of those guys. Mandy Patinkin played 88 Keys. Mandy Patinkin, of course, um, probably best known for Princess Bride, I feel like at this point. Um, yeah, and then he's been on a detective show, right? Like a CSI type thing. Yeah, yeah, he has been for a while, a hasn't long, he? Long um, he was good in Homeland too. Mm. I think he's good whenever he pops up. Yeah, I like Mandy Patinkin in general. Um, uh, there was a show, uh, Dead Like Me, where he was a Reaper. Oh yeah, that oh. was a good show. 
That was a fun I show. I forgot about that he, one. <laughs> he was also in the Mr. Show movie, uh, Run, Running, Run. Mm. He was pretty good in that. That was, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, R.G. Armstrong as Prune Face. <laughs> um, he was like a old character actor from like the, like, 40s and 50s. He, oh my God, born in 1917. He had no makeup. <laughs> he wore no makeup in this film. <laughs> <laughs> he predates Dick Tracy. Um, Wild. Yeah. That's crazy. He's like, Dick Tracy, you mean that thing the kids are into? <laughs> <laughs> Montgomery Burns over here. Uh, yeah. Henry Holy. Silva played Influence. Paul Servino played Lips Manless. Um, let's see. Chuck Hicks is the brow. James Kahn played Spud Spaldoni. James Kahn with 35 fabulous seconds of screen time. <laughs> and then to have his brother Michael Corleone. Oh, you know, that's right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. They blew him up in the car. I know he was shot in the car in Godfather, but, you know. <laughs> um, Catherine O'Hara. I totally missed Catherine O'Hara. She doesn't have a line. She's sitting at the, and again, the Godfather, mm-hmm. but like sitting at the evil board meeting. That has yeah. to always happen. Evil board meetings. Yeah. She, uh, her character's name was Texie Garcia. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, of um, cameos in here. Charles Fleischer, uh, Roger Rabbit, was a reporter. Uh-huh. Um, Mike Mazurki, um, who was... Uh, did you uh, did you jump over James Tolkien as numbers? Oh, I did, yes. James Tolkien. Uh, Probably I, best known from the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah, as, as Strickland. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that guy, the bald guy. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, John Shuck. Uh, John Machida Jr. is the uh, the uh, uh, right. he was the uh, micro machine guy. Oh, the fat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's um, he was a reporter also. Or no, no, he was the radio announcer. I'm sorry. Um, Colm Meany. Best known yeah, as Chief O'Brien it. was a police officer. And uh, the commitments. Oh man, he's still getting that. Do you know the commitments is the first in a trilogy? They made two sequels oh. to that movie. None of them that. have to do with the band. They're peripher- the peripheral <laughs> characters. Um right. including Colt Meany are the stars. Like mm-hmm. But there's two sequels oh. to the commitments. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I only found out like a year ago. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so Dick Tracy, like we said. Um, there's two I want to mention. There's Michael J. Pollard and there's Estelle Parsons, who both of them were in Bonnie and Clyde. But uh, mm. she plays somebody's mom, I think Glenn Headley's mom. And then Michael J. Pollard, we know him. He's the oh, the yeah. real little guy with the he was in Scrooged and things like that. In this, he's the guy that's bugging. Yeah, he's, bu- yes. he's Bugs Bailey, or he Bug Bugs Bailey. Bailey. Bug, yeah, yes. He he got a lot of work when we were growing up. 
But anyways, both in Bonnie and Clyde, uh, Warren Beatty's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Charles Dunning. Durning, I'm sorry. Oh, Charles, Charles Durning. Durning that's Charles right. Durning. A, yeah. He was oh, Seymour awesome. Cassell as Sam Ketchum. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, okay, like I said, uh, Warren Beatty owned the rights to this. After this film was made, they it was a big hit. They started talking about a sequel right away. Um, he said he had an idea for one, um, but really nothing came of it for a very long time. They should have done the uh, the space period. They really should have. Yeah, that's wild. That's yeah. like Moonraker wild. Yeah. Um, in 2002, um, Tribune Media Services, which owns the Chicago Tribune Syndicate, um, uh tried to get the rights back. They attempted to reclaim the rights, um, but they did not go about it through a, the process that was outlined in the 1985 agreement in which he purchased the rights from them. So um, they went to court and stayed in court off and on um, for six years at which point Warren Beatty shot a uh, special with um, Leonard Malton called the Dick Tracy special in which Leonard Malton interviewed Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy in order for Warren Beatty to keep the rights because Dick Tracy needed to appear on screen in some way for Warren Beatty to keep the rights wild and then in february 2023 this year <laughs> this year he appeared in the dick tracy special sequel dick tracy zooms in which we are about to see a portion of right now good to see you that detective tracy it's been a while it has indeed yes so so what can i do for you uh, good question. Good question. It's nice to see that that yellow hat and coat. I still don't take off my hat and coat. Nowadays, you just never know when somebody's going to put you on television. <laughs> sure, I, I understand your concern. Just just so you know, I would never put you on TV w- without your approval. Well, thank you, thank you. I tip it to you. Uh, my hat, that is. You know. People spoke highly about the interview we did. Uh, they found it to be quite unusual. You're a deservedly popular interviewer, you know. However, uh, I think I could have been better. Better? Well, clearer, you know. I I, kind of think I should have been more frank. But uh, I wasn't uh, really used to doing uh, television interviews. But I I do have to tell you, I've come a long way since since then. I mean, if I want to ever do another interview... I would uh, use film clips that will show what I really feel rather than uh, just talk about it. You know, we're, hey, we're all technocrats now. Look at us. We're on Zoom. We're on Zoom all the time. You know, I, I used to think that the high point of technology would be my wristwatch radio. <laughs> uh, Later in the same interview, they wore, interview Warren Beatty as Warren Beatty. And then Warren Beatty. And Dick Tracy have a conversation. Uh, yes, uh, we haven't spoken in a while. 
Detective Tracy, how are you? Uh, I'm fine, Mr. Beatty. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Long time no see. Or here. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I guess if you don't show, you don't hear. <laughs> show? Show up. You never showed up at the polo lounge. The polo lounge? Are you... What are you talking about? I, I, I called. I, I called the polo lounge. Are, are you telling me the polo lounge didn't tell you that I called and said I couldn't make it? Uh, let, let's not talk about it, huh? <laughs> this is what the f- almost thirty. This is twenty-five minutes long. <laughs> Somebody needs to the- come and get him. Who? Who did this? Did he do this for himself? He guy in the bottom left is the maple, which I thought we were talking about earlier, by the Uh, way. uh, But do you notice how confused they look? Yes. Yes. When they start talking about the polo lounge, they look at each other like, why are we talking about the, it's at a Beverly Hills hotel. I can't remember, but yeah. uh, Yeah. Like they had a standing appointment. What the? Yeah, then they're sort of arguing, and then Dick shuts it down. Okay, so it was too real. <laughs> it's like the uncanny valley of improv. Like, yeah, it just but no, feels it like... had to be scripted because he was talking to himself. He had to record that, that. part. Yeah. It, yeah. I, oh, I feel like maybe Leonard Malton and, and the other dude were sort of riffing on yeah. their questions. But yes, yes. Was that too? Was that a? Uh... Direct to home video. That was uh, a direct Fantastic to- Four kind of thing. <laughs> yes, like to retain the rights. That was to retain the rights. Yes. Okay. That's why in February 2023 that happened. It was so that so, Warren Beatty will not lose the rights to Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy, <laughs> like he lost his glasses. Talking to Warren Beatty <laughs> is the thing that they admit into court to say, "No, Your Honor, he's clearly playing a fictional character." They put- here he is. Speaking to the real Warren Beatty. Yes. <laughs> How come when so Warren Beatty's in the room, Dick Tracy's never in the room? And they just posted it on YouTube and said, this is good enough. Like, suck it, Paramount. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, that came out two months ago. <laughs> so the... the, the- <laughs> The ends justify the means here because that whole thing was difficult to watch. But knowing now that he was doing it to like anchor himself for another however many years is that? Uh, 20 years or something something or 12? Yeah. Like I can forgive how terrible that whole thing was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's walkers. I'm not saying in a bad way, but it's fucking weird. You could use the script, doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody definitely could have punched that up. I don't think it was meant to be or entertaining. A regular doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wasn't looking so great. Everybody looked confused in that video. Both versions of Warren Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> With their strange argument about the polo lounge. Does it get more heated? Do they resolve this? No, at the end, I actually, at the end, they agree to meet at the polo lounge later on after the Zoom call. (laughs) That is so old school. So old school, the polo lounge. Um, Yeah. Uh, Dick Tracy was, uh, let's see, a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was reviewed by Siskel and 
Ebert. And I'm Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune. And our first film is Warren Beatty's eagerly awaited film of Dick Tracy. And I was startled when I first saw it because this is not really, first and foremost, the story of a detective. Rather, it's a love story about a guy who happens to be a detective. Betty plays Tracy as a contemporary man without a square jaw, not like in the comic strip, but as a workaholic caught between two women. Tess Trueheart, the dutiful good woman, and the vampish, breathless Mahoney, a nightclub singer who comes on to Tracy hard when he visits her while investigating a crime. Madonna plays Breathless. Warren Beatty as actor who plays a downsized, more contemporary Tracy, even though he's wearing period clothes, a yellow hat, and coat. The film is glorious to look at and a true invention, and individual performers, notably Pacino, are first-rate. I just wish the crime story were a little tighter and that Beatty had played Tracy as more of a hero. Otherwise, it is a truly original creation. I just want to have one point here. First of all, I don't think yellow hats and coats are period clothes. I think that that period exists only in the chest Gould comic strip that Dick Tracy is based on. Well, but apart from that, Dick Tracy in the comics and in this movie is kind of uh, uh, something for the others to ricochet off of. Dick Tracy, to me, was always the least interesting character in the comic strip because he was always surrounded by these weird-looking, bizarre right. cre creatures. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie is the use of makeup, especially in that opening poker scene and some of the right. other scenes where these really weird, strange-looking people come along, like Dustin Hoffman playing Mumbles. Right. Or a big boy, uh, Caprice. Caprice, whatever his name is. Yeah. The, the Al Pacino inside that makeup and inside that costume uh, really steals the show. It's a fabulous performance. But what I like most about the movie was how it creates an entirely different world for us to look at. It. Creating a completely new and original world for their stories to take place in. Even if it was only a movie about gigantic grasshoppers and you could see that they were only knocking over cardboard skyscrapers, that was fun for me because the whole movie was made up and that is the special quality and the special innocence of Dick Tracy that the sets, the costumes, the primary colors, the backdrop, the makeup, the special effects all take us into this new world that we've never seen before. Well, it reminds me of uh, Robert Altman's creation for the movie Popeye where it was more physical set building that yeah. was truly spectacular and created a world. Uh, I liked in that film, I like Robin Williams' Popeye. Mm -hmm. Here, I didn't care for Beatty's Tracy, and I'm wondering what you think about that. Uh, I think I know what you mean, and that the character is not real dynamic, and the character is not really out there. It's almost as if Tracy is the brunt of the plot, and he's the victim of everybody that's trying to pull him this way and pull him that way. Maybe you would have preferred a Tracy who was a little more active. Well, would you? I Yes, absolutely. Uh, the movie I mean, is exactly as it's made, and it seems well, to me that it, they all are. Yeah, yeah, it works fine this way for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted a guy. I wanted a guy to take a little charge. He's insecure. He seems to be more contemporary. It seems to be more about Warren Beatty than it is about the guy. Well, in the but that's group. legitimate. I mean, I think maybe it's legitimate. That, that's I just why don't Warren Beatty wanted to make this. Movie. I just don't maybe think it's that interesting for that on that aspect. I still think the picture is extraordinary as a creation of film. Okay, coming up next, torn apart, a love story. Gene so wants a man that will take charge. That's what I just yeah. discovered. I, I feel like I agree with them, which is not often. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, Sorry. on the whole, I agree with them. Like I said, I was, I, I was saying, I think off mic for the most part, I, I, I liked this more than I thought I was going to rewatching it for the first time since I was whatever, 14, 15 uh-huh. Um well same, but I agree that Dick Tracy is the least interesting character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's 
he, yeah. Warren Beatty basically just, you know, walks and straight I, face I through it. I don't disagree with this being like a, a threesome love story thing more than uh, the crime fighting stuff. It's just a lot of phone call show up at a place. Yes. Then like getting tricked by a phone call and showing up to a place. And, you know, I, I do think that the crime itself and the like detective story could have been tighter. That's a good criticism yes. of this. Like, that, that's agree. what this needed was more leaning in on like, who is this masked person? Yeah. In fact, uh, I guess now is as good a time as any, but um, he mostly was looking to get people to testify against big boy. Nobody was really looking at evidence per se yeah. to bring yeah. him in. So it's like, Definitely not detective work. Well, and that could have been explained too. Like, no judge is gonna, you know, blah 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 with the. Oh, it's, it wasn't blah, illogical, blah, blah. Like, but he's a detective. Yeah, it 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 needed to be more pinned on, especially because this is a kids movie. It's yeah. totally a kids movie with lots of machine gun fights. It was made by Disney. And Disney's <laughs> and smoking. Yeah, I have the smoking, whatever, but the machine gun <laughs> no. fights. It's like there's it's like a squirt gun fight, but with machine guns. It's there's so much gun violence in this, it's crazy. And they showed Madonna's negligee boobs on network television. Oh, oh I, you know, I whatever nudity. It's 1990. The, the gun violence in early 90s Disney is crazy. Oh, yeah. This movie yeah. is crazy. And we didn't know where we were headed, also, but no, it's we crazy to watch this in 2023. It really is. And no, absolutely. No, as, uh, like I said, I enjoyed this film more than I thought I was going to, but it's not like, it's not like a great plot. It's not a, it's the, the, the story mechanics are not very good. It's more just, <laughs> it's more just watching. It's more just like the fun of the moment to moment, like insanity of this film. It's yeah. like candy. Yeah. And maybe it's meant to be, you know, sort of like a serial comic, a little a truncated, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. This movie is full of bold stylistic choices and some of them work really well and some don't work well as well as others. Some of them didn't age as well with HD. Makeup is rough. Yeah. And you can see every pixel, you know. Yeah. Some, well, yeah, it's interesting how some of the makeup holds up, some of it doesn't. Yeah. But um, it's I I didn't remember how painted the uh, the cityscapes did look. Like that I, was yeah, one of my favorite them, parts. Yeah, same. Ella really loved it too. It was probably the last big time they used matte paintings. You know, before it became computer generated. Yeah. But when, uh, these were mats. Uh, oh, you know, this- so people painted these on glass, and it's very very impressive. This felt like Blade Runner. This. Mm. In the in the hmm. creating the lo- a world, looking and feeling large. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No, I love the way it looked. <laughs> I- it was like ring, ring, ring. Hey, Tracy, meet me at the polo lounge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it looked amazing, and then it was just all phone calls and diners. All right. So I think that about covers the production, guys. We ready to go ahead and just jump into the movie. When do we eat? Right now, Al, this is Dick Tracy. Gross. <laughs> we open with a credit sequence. Um, then we get a map painting of the city. Uh, 
it's I believe 1938, although that's not ever expressed. But I it, I think the script specified it was 1938. And we don't get a name of the city, do we? Mm-mm. It's just the city. The city, yeah. Yeah. Gotham. Which is weird because at the end he's like, "We're going into the city." It's like, weren't you in the city? <laughs> Oh, oh, the other side of the city. The, anyway. uh, the city part of the city. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, we meet a 10-year-old street urchin who uh, sneaks into uh, a uh, warehouse where they're having an illegal card game. And he sees a massacre. A uh, car bursts in and a group of mobsters get killed at the hands of Flat Top and Itchy with some Tommy guns. I'm sad they killed off Little Face so quick. I, little Face yeah. was a nightmarish terror. <laughs> and, and the brow. Yeah. 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 Little it Face reminded me of a uh, of an Adventure Time character. It was. Ugh. Um. We uh, cut to Dick Tracy. He's at the opera with his best gal, Tess Trueheart. He gets being a very inconsiderate ass. Yeah, who answers a phone call at the opera? Come on. And then loudly talks. He's kind of like Batman, though. He kind of has to. You, know, you can, you can be city. like, hold on, I'll go into the lobby. <laughs> like, he didn't whisper, though. Yeah, no, he was loud. Like, people turned and looked at him. You could see like the little silhouettes of people turning and looking. The whole opera had to know about him. So, yeah, he goes to investigate the crime uh, and uh, figures out it's Big Boy because of the walnuts. Or, yeah, walnuts. Or not. No, no, that's later on at the warehouse. This time he goes to investigate oh. the, uh, the uh, card game. Uh, there's a message written in bullet holes on the wall. Eat lead, Tracy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Suck it, Tracy. Suck it, dick. <laughs> um yeah uh he goes back to the opera because he wanted to know how it turned out <laughs> <laughs> after the opera tracy and tess who wants tracy to take a desk job so they can get married and he'll be safe tracy wants to stay <laughs> yeah, on the street I'm sorry is he not in an office at his desk like all the time all the time, all the time. <laughs> Uh, chili, but there are calls rage, from chili. there are calls from the public for him to be the chief of police. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we got a perfectly good chief. I can do more on the streets. Yeah, I'm gonna go out and Tracy those bitches. Um, so they go. Tracy, <laughs> I'm gonna dick them. I'm gonna dick them down good. Um, they go out to eat. Uh, then we meet mob boss Lips. He's at his nightclub. His his mall, Breathless Mahoney, is uh, also a singer there. Uh, the bloom is off the rose in Lips and Breathless's uh, relationship. They get kidnapped by uh, some of Big Boys' boys. Some Big Boys' boys. Why does he eat like that? 
Is that because his lips or are his lips like his that? Because he eats only oysters all day. <laughs> he has some. I am. He has a disability. This. Yeah, it's called oyster mouth. Look at him. This Dick Tracy is 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 an early uh, proponent of body acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> really is. And extreme body modification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what if breathless the entire time had been like like Stevie from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, just like <sighs> Dick <Yeah>. Tracy <sighs> in an iron lug? Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh no, he has health problems. <laughs> so okay, so did breathless plan this kidnapping? Oh well, mm, no, no, because of no. the whole. Did she plan this manless? <laughs> the, the whole. The like whole, at what at what point did the plan kick in? The the whole no face. What is the blank the blank plan that the, she had? The the like I'm gonna blame oh, right. you for kidnapping. Tess. I feel like it was after plan. the lips thing. It's a, that's a yeah. bit unclear when she started dressing up as a no face dude and talking like Princess Leia Jabba's palace. Well, yeah, you know, like Surly looks out for one guy, Surly. I mean, she basically says something to that effect. So I think she'll switch sides. It doesn't matter whatever, you know, protects or benefits her. Yeah, but I I don't think she had the plan at this point. I think it came up after Big Boy. Yeah, after Lips Lips Manless is out of the picture, then then she's like, well, okay, now I just got to get rid of these, these, this guy and this guy, and I'll be number, number one. <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah, then, then finally I'll be able to catch my breath. <laughs> just relax. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Lips gets taken to a warehouse. Where or he's he, put it in dip. I mean, sorry, the bath. <laughs> the bath. Um, yeah, he gets murdered by Big Boy after signing his nightclub over to Big Boy. So is the bath the cement or the water after the cement? It's a little or of both. both. It's a little <laughs> of both, I think. A cement, and, a cement river bath? <laughs> the I old mean, cement I mean river frankly, bath. they should have waited As for the cement to set before they put it in the river, because that's really, oh, absolutely. That's really yeah, going it, it, to hurt that process. Yeah, it's going to keep it from hardening. Uh, oh, ah, fuck, Wesley. Never mind. Okay. Continue. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, Big Boy declares that everything Lips owned, he now owns. Then- well, that's what I was going to say. There was no notary. I, like, I don't think the signing over of that deed was legal. Legit. <laughs> oh, Breathless is a notary. <laughs> She's like, and then I stamp here. Yeah, out of her cleavage, she pulls out one of those metal embossing stamps. Or was Numbers there? He might be a notary. Oh, Numbers is probably a notary. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Anyway. So, yeah, then... Anyway, uh, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, on their way to uh, the uh, Five and Diner... Uh, Dick Tracy runs into the kid who just stole a watch, chases him down, and beats up, I don't know, Huck Finn's dad, who's been making him steal stuff. I think his name was Steve the Tramp, but I'm not sure. Steve the Tramp. 
But he's like sort mm-hmm. of a what was his name? Fagin character and Oliver Twist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and the his little shanty house. By the railroad track. In in Shantytown. Yeah. Although he had a really nice plot. It was just that one shack on like a half anchor. Like oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Good yard. railroad around him. Yeah. He probably had a garden. <laughs> yeah. Sit out on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. sit out on the He was called Sam the stable. He got to sit out on the porch and and watch his kid frolic in the yard stealing watches. <laughs> Eating frogs yeah. like Grogu. Um anyways, so um uh, yeah, he beats up Steve the Tramp um and takes the kid back to feed him at the uh, diner. They decide they're just going to keep him for a while. <laughs> we'll call the orphanage later. <laughs> the orphanage just the orphanage um yeah tra- uh tracy the kids not the kids not really like a witness to a crime or anything like there's no <laughs> detective reason for him to keep him right or t- I, testimony i yeah. thought going into this with him witnessing yeah. the the whole crime that that was going to be a plot point but it was not in any way whatsoever <laughs> The kids' no. montage was just they, eating. They just, yeah, they kept him because he's hungry. Which was fun. I liked the montage and him being hungry all the time. All that was fun. A lot fun. of people had a montage. Yeah. yeah. There was, yes, there were a number of montages. Um. So, yeah, uh, Tracy gets called to the warehouse to investigate the crime scene. And this is where he finds the earring and the walnuts. Um, <laughs> yes. he, yeah. Uh, some of the little detective work. He he hauls in flat top, itchy, and mumbles to so, interrogate them. Do do we know that they eat walnuts? I'm sorry, the walnuts thing. I was confused. I guess I wasn't paying. He knows big boys. Uh, he knows yeah. big boys into walnuts. But like, yeah, they're walnuts. I don't know. A lot of people has, eat walnuts. <laughs> you can buy walnuts at the store. But apparently, but he has to carry a nutcracker because you can't really get. Apparently, Big Boy just goes around eating walnuts everywhere. He's well known for this. I would point out that we never see him walking around eating walnuts again after the initial walnuts. He's out there on to me. I'm a cashew man now. Yeah, it should have been super obvious that he's the walnut man. He should have continued eating walnuts throughout. (laughs) Do you know the walnut man? (laughs) Who can can take a walnut, (laughs) crack it then, eat it? Eat it. Anyone with anybody, anyone can do that. Yes, they're walnuts. Um, so yeah, uh, he de- yeah he interrogates flat top itchy and mumbles. He apparently has a he has a polar bear water dispenser, which is so way weird. too fancy for no and reason. Ta- well, it becomes a bugging device, right? Yes, yes it <laughs> turns out that it but, is. But yeah, the tap. In his crotch. Yeah. Oh my god, it is, isn't it? That's the polar dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Arctic seal. Um, so he goes to the club to arrest Big Boy for Lips's murder. Um, uh one of my favorite scenes was uh Big Boy coaching uh uh Breathless and the girls uh, right. in the song. <laughs> Big Boy suddenly was Bob just way, way too into the the show. For a course on. Yeah. Um yeah. 
<laughs> he was like Tom DeLuise at the end of Blazing Saddles. Like, yeah. Watch me. Yeah. No, and like Bob Fosse, he was a tyrant with those people like, practice, practice, practice. Let's go. Yeah. And oh, he's like, slammed. He slams the piano lid on uh, 88 keys' hands. Yeah. 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 He, yeah he's got 88 keys. We, but we, we, big we boy ain't one. We, <laughs> we find out 88 keys is the best piano player in town. Mm-hmm. And big boy just acquired all of these different uh, rackets and operations that Lips ran, but he really wants to focus all of his energy on running this nightclub and perfecting this act. This one particular <laughs> number he wants yeah. to get right. <laughs> like, well, all busy. his work. All this hard work paid off because it was gold yeah. in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crowd loved it. <laughs> it's not. It's a live nightclub act. It's not like it's for like a movie or something. Choreographed by oh. Big Boy Capri. Oh, uh, so um, yeah. He, uh, Tracy arrives at the club, discovers that Big Boy now owns it. He arrests Big Boy. He interrogates Breathless. She tells him nothing, but she does try to seduce him. Uh, the next morning, Big Boy gets released from jail for lack of evidence. Tracy gets brought before the DA, who is running for mayor and has had enough of Tracy's maverick shenanigans. <laughs> he gets results, you stupid chief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, afterwards, Tracy and Tess buy the kids some clean clothes. They go out to the country for the day. And this was where we get the kid being hungry montage. It kind of made me hungry, honestly. Kid ate a lot of food. 1930s food looks great. I guess it was kind of another Oliver Twist reference, you know. Yeah. Food glorious food. Yeah. Uh, when they get home, Tracy tries to get the courage to propose to Tess. But before they can, they get drive-by'd. Yeah. Um, Tracy goes into the office, calls him breathless, and she tries to seduce him again. There was scene after scene of him like, tell me what you know. No, but let's fuck. Yeah. And then she she uh, she kisses him, right? As Tess walks in? Is that no, no, part? that's not this scene. She does no kiss him in this scene. Jesus. She, they kissed three times in this movie. Dick is not great to his girlfriend. He's a cad. Yeah. If he's interested in marrying Tess, he should not be allowing Breathless Mahoney to kiss him. That is my hot take, and I'm sticking with it. I, <laughs> I don't remember them kissing in this scene. I thought it was that they kiss once in the uh, office, once in his apartment, and then at the end when she's dying. Yep. There's a lot of kissing. All right. Maybe it's not the scene, but one of these times when they're interrogating the kiss. I'm not I can't remember which one because there's a number of them. So then uh we cut to the evil boar meeting. Yes. Yes. Yep. Big boy calls in a meeting with all of the mob bosses. James Kahn is yep. there. Um, as Spud Spaldani, Pruneface, Influence, Texi Garcia, Ribs Mocha, Numbers. Um, Spaldoni refuses to go along with Big Boy, and he gets killed in a car bomb. 
Dick Tracy showed up and was uh, trying to overhear what they were saying by climbing up the building and standing next to the window. Yeah. Uh, here uh, we learn that uh, Big Boy doesn't want Tracy killed, although everybody everybody else wants Tracy killed, but Big Boy would be implicated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, if, if Dick Tracy ever got shot. Yeah. It would have been hilarious if the rest of the movie was just Big Boy protecting Dick Tracy as the others tried to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping in front of bullets. Yeah. But trying to do Uh, it without Dick Tracy knowing. So it's a lot of him like in the background behind Dick Tracy, like running and tackling the other mobsters. Um, And this is our, uh, our first appearance of the blank in the movie, I believe. Mm, yeah. The the, the oh, blank faced man so. observes. Yes, that's right. The the car exploding. Yes. Um So the next day Big Boy and his henchmen kidnap Tracy. They try to bribe him. Tracy refuses. Uh the the uh kid did his uh patented standing on the bumper as they drive. Good thing cars all had that same kind of build in the 30s so that he could just hang on to the back of every yeah. car. Um, yeah, they all had those running boards. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, Dick Tracy gets saved by the kid. Um, so I would point out that at no point was Dick Tracy's legs tied to that chair. He could have stood <laughs> up and walked around at any point. It was a It was a wooden chair. It was really heavy wood. Okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, the kid is awarded an honorary detective certificate. Which will remain bl- temporary until he decides to give himself a name. Much like naming the princess from the uh, never-ending story. Until he has a name, he can't be a real girl. Um, we cut to uh, Big Boy meeting with the DA in the cemetery. And, oh, Rob. Sorry. Dick Van Dyke deep cut there. Everybody. Uh, was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> was Dick Van Dyke the, the, DA. the DA or the mayor? DA. He was the DA. He was, he running, was for mayor. running for mayor. He was running the dir- for mayor. Okay. The dirty, because- the dirty DA. Yeah. Right, that Dick Tracy wanted to get him to sign warrants and shit against Big Boy and have people testify. Yeah, and the DA is uh, like, "No, you're you're a maverick," and but so <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but is are we at the scene where they're in the graveyard? Yes. Okay, so their car is parked right there behind the DA. So they got out of their car, walked all the way to the far end of the cemetery so that they could walk up towards the DA. Yes. Talking as they do. <laughs> yes. They came from the other direction. They were visiting a grave. Of a I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, yeah. Um, so, um, then, uh, yeah, we discovered the DA is dirty. He tells Tracy that he can't prosecute Big Boy for trying to kill him because he's got a dozen witnesses that put him somewhere else. Breathless shows up at Tracy's apartment. This is where she kisses him for the second time, and Tess 
and sees it happening. Um, she gets upset, but doesn't confront Tracy about the kiss. Um, then no face who has, or then blank who has no face meets with 88 keys, tells him to take this letter to big boy. It says, do you like me? Check the box. Um, <laughs> yes or no. Um, he proposes he's going to take care of Tracy for big boy in return for 10% of big boy's business. Do you want to get rid of Tracy? Check this box. <laughs> um, big boy <laughs> plus six albums for one penny. Yeah. Uh, big boy refuses to take the deal that night. Um, Tracy does a club on the Ritz or does a raid on the club Ritz which is actually a diversion while Bug Bailey goes I'm into sorry. the attic and apparently stays there for weeks. And they do this like beer baron, you know, like <laughs> what kind of pet stores open? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best damn pet store in town. <laughs> yeah. They flip over like the the chips thing and it's cigarettes <laughs> on top. Like it's a real yeah. like. Things spin around. Yeah. It was fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, Bugs has to physically sit in the attic to listen to what uh, Big Boy's doing. <laughs> it seems like it's weeks. It seems like he's up there a long time. <laughs> with a polar bear and with a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get a montage of a, a bunch of raids that... Uh, are wiping out Big Boy's criminal empire. Eventually, though, Bugs slips up and spills his, his coffee. He had one cup of coffee up there for his yeah, seven-month <laughs> stint in the attic. He's all, damn. <laughs> that was my only cup of coffee. Where was he peeing? Where was he? Like, he was... Like he only had one cup of coffee. He, he wasn't had to peeing. physically be in the attic. <laughs> yeah, he had he to stay up there. Moderate. He didn't come and go. It's so confusing. Um. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I don't know. It's Dick Tracy. It doesn't matter if it's confusing. Um. So, anyways, um, he discovers Bug in the attic and uh, captures him for a trap. Um. They uh, call. Tracy to a warehouse. There's a gun battle, and No Face steps out of the shadows to save Tracy after he gets cornered and kills Prune Face. Um, so Tracy saves Bug from the bath, the cement. Why did Dick Tracy have to walk under the cement himself and ruin his gun? <laughs> I was so suit. confused by this whole like, why? Why wouldn't you avoid the concrete? Why did you walk? Why did you get bugs out and then walk directly underneath the concrete? I don't understand, Dick. Yeah, to untie the ropes. But then he just stayed there while bugs bugs was just gone. We didn't see bugs running away. It was suddenly just um, Dick, Dick there. Dramatic effect. Dick. Uh, dramatic uh, effect, Dick. <laughs> That's what I'm. My nickname is. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 
he rescues bugs or bug and big boy is enraged that the blank foiled the hit. Then Tess decides to leave town and she leaves the kid <laughs> with the chief at the diner to be taken to the orphanage still <laughs> at a still later date. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's trying out a rescue dog. Um, big boy decides to take up uh, the blanks deal. Tracy again tries to get the testimony from Breathless. She agrees to testify if Tracy will agree to have sex with her, basically. Or say, um, they, oh, this is where they kiss. This is where they kiss for the second time. I'm sorry. This is the second kiss. It came after the yes. kiss that Tess saw. Yeah. Um, he decides that he's not going to be with Tess or with a breathless. He loves Tess. Uh, Tess at her mother's house decides, Hey, you know what? I will go back to Dick Tracy because I don't know. Being with my mom sucks or something. It takes a lot of understanding to love a man like that. And apparently Tess has a lot of understanding. Um, I, I want to state that all Dick Tracy had to do was say that he wanted breathless. He didn't have to do anything else. All she was demanding was just tell me you want me and that's it. But he couldn't do it because it would hurt someone he cared about. He was already making out with her. You can, I know. You can. <laughs> if a lady comes and tries to kiss you, you can say no. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to let the lady kiss you. Like, but he could have said, yes, yes, I want you, but we're not going to do anything about it. And that would have satisfied her her demands. Really. I mean, the letter like, of it. I but, want you but I think the me. understanding was that, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. So, all right. Uh, the, the letter of the law. Yeah. She's like, well, you technically satisfied the words I just said, so I have no choice but to tell you. I, Breathless Mahoney, <laughs> stick strictly to one. Dick strictly. Yeah. <laughs> strictly dickly. Um, that's a phrase no one says anymore. That was I remember that in the nineties. Like huh. girls saying, I'm strictly dickly. I do not. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um I mean, uh, Tracy's worried about Tess's return. Yeah. Um yeah. So but she gets kidnapped by the blank with the help of eighty eight keys. It sounds like you're avoiding saying a controversial word by the blank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the welfare office is coming for the kid. Finally. Yeah, yeah finally. finally. Um, Tracy gets drugged. Uh, he's un rendered unconscious. Um, and he gets framed for murdering Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was the crime. Not the DA. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke as himself. <laughs> <laughs> you killed Dick Fantastic. That's a capital offense. It is. Um, yeah. Uh, so he gets arrested. The kid uh, adopts the name Dick Tracy. Uh, big boy's making money. We get another montage. 
crime montage. Then the blank. Tracy in jail. Yes. Then the blank frames him for Tess's kidnapping. And uh, puts uh, Tess in the club. Tied up. Um, And then when Dick Tracy, it's New Year's Eve. (laughs) So he had to spend Christmas in jail, I assume. Potentially. That's rough. That's rough, man. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, on Christmas Eve, his cop friends release him. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, I'm sorry. His cop friends release him from jail. And uh, Uh, Pat Patton, okay, generic name, but Sam Ketchum. That's a that's a cop yeah. name. That is a cop. Totally, name. it is. Uh, they take him to the club, or no? I'm sorry. They take him to interrogate Mumbles, who uh, gives away the uh, plot. Um, he goes and arrives at the club Ritz, where there's a uh, where suddenly everyone's just shooting everybody. <laughs> As, <laughs> They're killing everybody up in here. Yeah, uh, big boys, men. They're trying to get out with Tess. What's funny is they're like, get her out of here. We don't want them to think we kidnapped Tess. But they're kidnapping her <laughs> in their attempt to not kidnap I'll her. Kidnap her. I noticed that too. Just let her go. Just be like, just leave, Tess. Just go. They don't have to physically force her Big out. Big boy falls in love with her in a few. He <laughs> said precisely, they're forcing me to use you as a hostage. Yeah, that's what everyone who takes a hostage says. Yeah. <laughs> you're, exactly. you're making me do this. You made me do it. <laughs> no one's like, I'm taking you hostage. Let's go see a movie. <laughs> All right. I mean, if they did, more people would like to be hostages. <laughs> I'd yeah, love to be kidnapped on a Tuesday morning, preferably. <laughs> so uh, Tracy's now locked in the attic, um, and he has his friend Pat uh, jump down to That's right. vault him up through the skylight window. And now Pat yeah. is stuck in the attic. <laughs> he's, he's all you're not a main character. It was a fun bit of business <laughs> with the weight. 190. 210. <laughs> yeah. He wears a girdle. Uh, yeah. So uh, big boy runs away with Tess. He's really actually kidnapping her at this point. He gets to a drawbridge. And runs <laughs> doing his best oh, Quasimodo. You just yeah. see drawbridge. You... Yeah. The whole thing where he sends all his men out in cars to get gunned down in the street while he runs out to this uh, uh, underground trolley thing down to the river. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, big boy. I thought you were a big boy. <laughs> And if you keep going further down, it's Lex Luthor's <laughs> apartment. <laughs> yeah, so he get uh, they go into the gear room of the bridge uh, where he fights Dick Tracy. I, I think Dick Tracy, we saw Dick Tracy punching out four guys with one punch earlier. I think he could take Big Boy no problem. Yeah, he's a little dude. Yeah, but then the blank appears and holds both men at gunpoint. He offers to share the city with Tracy after Big Boy is dead. Uh, Dick Tracy Jr., the kid, arrives. And Big Boy takes advantage of the distraction, opens fire, 
And then Tracy pushes him. And he falls into what appears to be a bottomless pit. In the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have been a vat of some kind. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll be back in the sequel, man. Totally. If the <laughs> sequel comes back, Chino's coming back to play that character. I think the sequel was that interview we saw. <laughs> that, was, that was the third. It's a Dick Tracy trilogy. They did one in 2011, too. <laughs> oh, right. my God. I hope, I hope that uh, Al Pacino does the next one with him. They aired, by the way, they aired that on Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> they put that on television. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, all right. Um, uh, Junior, Dick Tracy Jr. rescues Tess. Wound, mortally wounded, the blank is unmasked to reveal its breathless Mahoney. She kisses Dick Tracy. Curl's throwing a little voice that I bet Charles Fleischer actually did. Huh, she does yeah. the voice to prove that it was her, even though. Like, it's like the tricky. Yeah, no, like I said, it voice. sounded just like Princess Leia being the bounty hunter in Jabba's castle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, she kisses Dick Tracy again and again, Dick. Just, I wish she had kissed him when she still had the blank mask. <laughs> he's like just smashing her face against it. No, no, no. He had master, and then she goes to kiss him. He's like, no, no, put the mask back on first. <laughs> he's like, I've always wanted to do it with a blank. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. At least she's dying this time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, his girlfriend who just came back because she loves him so much is in the other room. A kiss before dying. But, um, yeah, so all charges against Dick Tracy are dropped. Later on, he kind of proposes to Tess. But he gives, gives the kid a radio watch. Yeah, gives the kid a radio watch. Um, oh, we never really talked about that. He was an honorary. He's a member of the force. And then if he had chosen a name, he would officially be. It wouldn't still be an honorary. I mean, to be fair. He would be a detective. In the 30s, that's all it took. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's still honorary. It's just he had a temporary certificate. Oh, he I had thought to get he was going to get a badge. He had to get his permanent certificate. I, he had to get a name to get his permanent. I'm pretty certificate. sure. I'm pretty sure in <laughs> the 30s, if you walked in, I'm pretty sure in the 30s, if you walked into a police station, they're like, "What? Well, did, do you have a name? Yes, you're on the force. <laughs> yeah, honorarily. Yeah, honorarily. Uh, which, Until you choose a name. Yeah. <laughs> Until you choose a name. Uh, Dirk Diggler. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, they get called away and the kid and Dick r- go off to respond to the robbery. Uh, Tracy roll. does toss uh, a ring to Tess. Yeah. Oh, uh, a wordless proposal, I suppose. I yep. guess. Get it with their eyes. And no more lonely nights. The kid the finally game. admits that he likes this game. That's right. That was a cute line from earlier when when he says, uh, like, their first meeting, the kid says, I don't like dames. And she says, I don't like dames either. Yeah. No. No, there was a lot. Like, there, like <laughs> I, don't I said. like a pretty little kid. There was a lot of fun, light banter in this. Like, I, the, the moment-to-moment fun stuff was great. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, 
it was much better than I remembered it being. <laughs> like, my memory of it from 1990 or whenever I last saw it was that it was like a very like, like straight Dick Tracy's getting like. I didn't realize it was. I didn't remember it being so light and fun. Yeah, I I remember thinking it was more hokey. Yeah. Than than it actually was. I mean, I feel like everyone accomplished what they were trying to do. I agree with Roger and Gene. Like. He, he could have focused on himself more. Maybe there was more attention to the rogues gallery and the art production, which I think is fantastic. I mean, that was something he totally he killed it with that. But then there's not a lot of, you know, detective work. That, that's I mean, fine. there's more of her. Yeah. Singing and on stage. I mean, that's something that really set Batman apart from this, besides the fact that it was really just trying to be Batman, was that Michael Keaton was an actual interesting Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, yes. Warren Beatty was not an interesting Dick Tracy. And every iteration of Batman, they, they take the time to establish that he is a detective. Mm-hmm. And that when he's not wearing the costume, he's literally investigating yeah. crimes. Dick just has to be in his office to get a phone call. Yeah. And to know, and he has to know that big boy loves walnuts. <laughs> which, that was which another was... thing they asked when you joined the force. Not established. Do they eat nuts together? With no, no, no. We we saw when he has the evil board meeting, he offers everyone walnuts, which we, again, not a practical snack. We saw him eating walnuts when he was work. in the scene where he was putting lips in the bath. He was eating walnuts there. That's it. Would it be like having a meeting of friends and being like snow crab legs? <laughs> you know, just like I'm going to give you a job. <laughs> There's food in there somewhere. Uh, I think it'd be hilarious if lobster and snow crab like as <laughs> finger food. An evil meeting. walking around, you get like a a full lobster, like a, a plate of hors d'oeuvres. You're standing. <laughs> yeah, it's like the scene in Godfather Two where they're passing around the gold telephone. Yeah, but it's just a lobster. So yeah, that was the movie. Um. I don't know. What sort of unanswered questions we got, guys? When's the sequel to the video <laughs> that we just watched coming out? In 12 yeah, years, once the rights are about to run out again. <laughs> I don't have unanswered questions. I feel like they created their world and they didn't leave a lot of room for... How is that possible? Yeah. It, it was just... It was insular. It all worked. He, I think he accomplished what he was going for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In my humble opinion. I, are, is anybody actively pursuing this that he has to, I mean, obviously he has to kick the can down the road, but is somebody like, I want to make a Dick Tracy. Well, I think Thoreau era. mentioned that early on, it was the syndication company, the syndicate that wanted to take back the reds. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but, 2023, two or three. I don't know if anyone was stalking him right for the right. Right. But I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't don't know if anyone in this year is like, let's come on, Dick Tracy. We got to jump on that. Yeah. you detective stories aren't hot right now from a syndicated comic strip. Yeah. From the third, like I said, Ella found it delightful, but, there's no reason the Zoomers would know about or go out to a Dick Tracy movie. We barely knew. We barely did. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. Um yeah, Dick Tracy, man. That was that was it. Um I don't think this movie could be improved upon. There's no reason to make it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was I mean, the it, most Dick I Tracy so. movie yeah. possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it dicked all the Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> it dicked all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, so it traced all the dicks. <laughs> Tracing dicks since ancient man and turn them into I'm like it's dicks. like it's like doing a turkey for in, in kindergarten. <laughs> it's a turkey dick. <laughs> Where they put their hand. The hand. Yeah, but it's with a dick. <laughs> dick tracing. That's what conservatives think is happening at public school. That's, that's the future right liberals want is, <laughs> is turkey dicks. Is dick tracing. All right. Um, that's about it for Dick Tracy. I believe we have covered it in full. Um, yeah, it was a decent length as far as. Yeah. <laughs> as far as time wise. Yeah, but it was a first. As far as Dick tracing goes it was a good good like especially because he knew how to use it I mean it it was it it was full and girthy throughout the film (laughs) I thought so so. it it hits the right spots it didn't need it didn't need another cut oh god (laughs) (laughs) they could have they could the have. uncut version we got was just fine. Oh, Dick God. Tracy, the circumcision. Oh. <laughs> Saw three. Saw two. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, those are our dick let's, jokes. Let's rank it. Is this the worst <laughs> dick jokes in the show? Or oh, absolutely. The, best? the biggest dick? Absolutely. Um, uh, so that's it for Dick Tracy. Uh, next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. We're going to be watching Tank Girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tank right. Girl next week. That's going to be fun. Um, until then, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. I'm saying goodbye to Oxygen and you because the podcast <laughs> is over. This is your host, Rose Smiley. Uh, I'm Josh CC, and you can find me in a little shack by the railroad tracks. Hold me down and shave my mustache. I'm Brian Lesh. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber. Go suck an egg. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's something that needs to come back. And it's yeah. so- go suck an egg. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it's provocative. Me neither. I don't get it. I don't know how it can hurt your feelings. Like with the shell or without? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I never boiled. understood that. Yeah. It's like that Louis C.K. thing, like a whole bag or like a. How many dicks in the bag? Uh, All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.